Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Episode 2 of Blog Talk Radio. I am Miles Adams, and I'm the Project Manager of Winning Water. For those who don't know what Marcus Graham, Blue Marcus Graham Project is, it was based off an idea that co-founder Leakin Steffens founded, um, and this happened in 2008. Normally, people will apply for it in Dallas. And it happens every summer. But this is the first time that this happened in Chicago. And we are so proud for this to come out and for us to gain the experience and learn what we have learned. The name of our agency is Wind and Water. And we are going to introduce the crew. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Hello, everyone. This is Joshua Isaiah, and I'm the media planner of Wind & Water. Hello. My name is Alyssa Orozco, and I am one of the brand managers for Wind & Water. And my name is Brittany Wright, and I am the other public relations manager here at Wind & Water. So if you want to join the conversation, use hashtag DrumTalk and follow us on Twitter at WindXWater15. So let's jump right into it. As the program comes to a close, what has been some of your roles or, like, key moments in the project so far? Let's start with you, Miles. Okay. Well, as project manager, I'm basically the middleman between um, our client, McDonald's, and the Marcus Graham team, which consists of Ramon and Lincoln Steffens, and in between our team, Wind and Water. So basically, whenever Ramon and Steph and Lincoln need some information from our team or just to make sure that everything is going correct, I'm here to make sure that the team is getting their job done and also to make sure that we are hitting our our time and make sure that everything is correct. And that is basically my job. And as the public relations manager, well, at least as one of them, um, I've worked hand in hand with Brittany down two different avenues in this whole um, project. First, we uh, branded our new ad agency, Wind & Water, and let the world know about our presence in the advertising uh, market and what we bring to the table. And then next, we worked on strategies, different activations, and really just connecting with the media to benefit uh, McDonald's image. As a media planner of Wind & Water, I've been working closely with the creative team to try and find new and innovative ways to push out our message to the client and trying to see how we can take media to the next level, incorporating technology, and then also thinking of ways we can also use the traditional media to try and make sure we bring things full circle and then take things to the next level. So for the first two weeks of our boot camp, um, I've worked very closely with our strategy team. Um, we've been working to finalize a creative brief, and this week I'm more focused on my position as a brand manager to kind of bring the whole campaign into an integrated um, campaign with all the PR, the social media, and the creative. So in addition to what DeMarcus talked about earlier as far as what we do as a public relations manager for the actual project, on the backhand side, we've been trying to kind of get the brand awareness up about wind and water in our agency and actually who we are and what we do. And in addition to that, we are having a networking mixer on Friday, and we've been planning that as well. So seeing as how we've visited a lot of different agencies within the past couple of weeks, what are some things that you guys value as far as company culture is concerned? So what are some of the things that you look for in a company when you get to that point? Let's start with you, Miles. One main thing I look for is the structure of the facility. If it's creative, it's more easier for me to come up with creative ideas and to get the creative content flowing. I also really 
love the environment. Like, we have to have a pretty good friendly environment. I mean, if the employees aren't friendly, then everybody's not going to get along and things won't get done in a timely manner. So that is big. Another thing I'm pretty big on is the views. Like, I love a view. I love to stare outside and look at the buildings and the nature and the water and just to, just to get the creativity flowing, though, but it works. And those are, like, my main three things that I value. Yeah, I definitely do love the views as well. It's really inspirational. I mean, seeing the skylines and the different buildings uh, in Chicago is just really awesome to look at. But besides that, I just like a, a really open and uh, open atmosphere with a good vibe. So I like a place where I can walk around and get away from the computer because there's nothing like sitting at a computer and staring at it for eight hours and you just drain yourself throughout the day. So if I can, you know, walk around, maybe visit somebody else, relay some ideas back and forth, you know, and also having like a a friendly and open um, employees that you work with is definitely important to me. So just being able to kind of kind of be free and kind of like do your thing and work with friendly people, that's that's really important to me. Throughout this process, I've noticed, like we went, we've gone to like a ton of different agencies, and I noticed for me personally I'm not like the corporate type. I definitely like the more laid back, like being, be yourself in your own skin type of atmosphere. I've noticed like the difference between the different places, and it, it's, it, it's been cool because we've got to see we got to see super corporate, we got to see small agencies, and then we got to see like the bigger agencies, and everyone seems to be comfortable and fun. The atmosphere is just really cool. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to being a part of once I graduate and get into the industry, just being being in, being like a family atmosphere. You know, what about you, Alyssa? Yeah, so I definitely agree. I I love the whole family aspect of uh, of working together, like as a team. Um, I really believe that um, you need to work collaboratively together, and that's part of a brand. Uh, what a brand manager does. Um, I am I'm really glad that I got to see different agencies in the Chicago location. Chicago, um, I consider it as my second home, pretty much. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So um, being in the city really provides, like, a really great environment. It kind of inspires me to be creative, and being a brand manager, I can really definitely balance the business and uh, creative side to it. So, One of the things that I value is a good work-life balance. I learned something about myself, or I learned, what I learned about myself very early on is that I am the type of person who just submerges myself in work, and I just can do it all the time, and I've noticed that I can get burned out. So one of the things that's super important to me is being able to balance both that work and play aspect. So if I'm at work for 12 hours or 8 hours or however long it is, I want to be able to go to the club at the end of the day and be able to get my life because I need to be able to sustain myself. Like, seriously, though, y'all, like, I just definitely need to be able to have that type of balance to be able to, you know, kind of balance myself out. It just makes me feel better. So, then made from that question, um, here's a little statistic. According to the EEOC, in 2013, Caucasian people made up more than 83% of management professionals and related occupations, while people of color, including African Americans, Latinos, and Asians, made up only 11.9% of executives slash mid-level officials and managers. And 20% of all first and mid-level officers and managers were um, African American and um, Asian and other disciplines. So I guess my question coming from that is, how have you felt in situations where you were the only minority in a particular group or in the workplace or in that environment? We can start with you, Myron. Honestly, I'm getting kind of used to it. 
I have had a lot of jobs in the past where I was, like, the only minority. Um, I mean, it's all on how you look at it. You can't really look at it as being the only minority. I come off really, very friendly and talkative, so I like to talk to people, get to know people, and the responses so far have been great. Like, I really haven't had any problems. Where I work at now, which is the Columbia Chronicle, um, there aren't so many of minorities. Well, there are, but... It's not evened out. So, I mean, I'm kind of used to it. Everybody's friendly. Everybody's cool. I'm like a big family. But, I mean, it's it's pretty, I guess, cool, you say. <laughs> what about you, DeMarcus? Um, yeah, I guess you can say I'm kind of used to it. Um, to tell a little story about myself, at my first job, 17 years old, I think I was a senior in high school, um, I was a host at a pretty upscale restaurant, and I was the only um, black person in the whole restaurant. And uh, pretty much what I came in, in that aspect, is just to do my job and do it as best as I can and just focus on myself. Because I know I'm a nice person and the values that I hold, you know, attract other people. So I kind of just let the restaurant environment kind of, I kind of just blended myself into that restaurant environment and kind of just saw how I how I gelled in with everything. I didn't force myself. I wasn't over-talkative, but I didn't put myself as an outcast at the same time. I kind of just focused on myself, make sure I was doing the job right, because at the end of the day, I'm there for the job. And then over time, gradually, I'll find my place where I fit in and everything will just be fine and it'll be all one big happy family. I can agree with you on that. I mean, for me personally, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. However, I went to school up north to a private school and I was always the only black person in my class. And then my mom had me in the after-school program um, with predominantly Hispanics in Humble Park. So I've always been around multiple people growing up. So it's never really been an issue to me. I didn't really notice it until... Um, I got to college and started working in certain environments, and that's when I've seen that um, some people like kind of notice it. But for this particular situation, it hasn't really been any issues for me because I'm kind of colorblind in that aspect. Like, we're all just here to get a job done. You know, we're all trying to make it to the next level and grow and learn. So for me, it hasn't really been an issue because I've I, I never had a, a problem with it per se. But um as I'm growing as a young adult, I see that other people, like, struggle with it. But I don't know. In this particular situation, it works. Like, we, we just have chemistry. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I haven't really had, like, a, um, I guess a personal problem with it. But as I'm uh, growing up in college and going into college, um, I think it's with our generation. Um, we're kind of used to this whole um, diversity in the workplace, so it kind of just comes like natural to us, you know, working with one another and um, getting used to different people and their perspectives on things. Um, I do have a minor in uh, Latin American Culture Studies to to uh, kind of like bring out of with my background. My background is um, I'm like I guess half white and half Hispanic, so I want to like kind of bring that out with me. Um, I did have an internship at um, one of the agencies called Lapis, and um, it was it was really it was a really different experience. Like you definitely see the difference um, between Leo Burnett and Lapis um, family, like with the culture and uh, what they do. But um, it was really unique experience because um, some people, and I'm not saying this from the agency, but as like walking down down the streets, you know, people people can look at me and say, well is she, you know, automatically think if I'm white or if I'm, like, Hispanic. So um, uh, that definitely could play into, like, the the work environment. Like, does she, does, like, she fit in? Like, does she know, does she even know Spanish? Or there's, like, a lot of assumptions. But I don't really let that, um, it's all about, like, the mindset. I don't really let that um, 
uh, taken to me because what I am proud of my Hispanic background is that I'm very family oriented and I like, and I do like to work with others and working at like in the workplace, it does, it, it, uh, I do have like a good relationship with others and I, it does work. Um, it does work fine. So yeah, I really like working in, especially in the Hispanic agency as well. So. I love how safe you all just played this answer. With the exception of Alyssa, I'm about to keep it so real right now. So I've been in um, different situations where I've been the only black person or the only female or the only black female often. And it and it's a different experience, and sometimes it doesn't feel good, and I'll tell you why. So growing up, I kind of grew up in a all-Caucasian neighborhood. So in those instances, I was a little too black for the white kids, and then when you kind of pop me back out to the inner city, I'm a little too white for the black kids, so now we have that whole play. I'm sure a lot of people are used to that whole play. So then um, we get to college, and now I'm the only minority at all. So now I'm in a classroom with all males, and I'm the only female, and I'm a black female at the same time. So where my issue comes into play is it's hard for me to be able to be myself but to be able to be professional at the same time. Like, I joke around the office saying, like, I'm giving y'all 75% black right now, and I need to bring it back to 15, but I'm, like, I'm laughing, but I'm really serious because it's just hard to be able to find the tight line or the fine line between being professional and being yourself. And you always want to be able to be yourself, but sometimes when I'm being me, I'm being a little too urban. So I don't know when it's appropriate for me to bring that urban Brittany out or when I need to keep it a little more polished and give you the, hi, how are you today, Brittany? You know, so that's kind of my little spiel on that. Absolutely. So sending off of that, here at the Marcus Learn Project, the purpose of the initiative is to implement diversity into the fields of advertising, media, and communications. So the students that they pick for this program are exactly that. They are a direct reflection of that initiative, which is to implement that that diversity. So to give you a scope of our particular program, there are 13 students in the program, 10 are male, 3 are female, there's 5 African-American students, 4 Hispanic students, 1 Assyrian student, 1 Asian student, and 2 Caucasian students. So in this particular instance, um, the Caucasians here are the minority. So I want to bring in um, one of the Caucasian students from our program, one of my teammates who I love so dearly, to kind of talk about what her experience has been being the minority in this role. Hello, uh, my name is Nikaeli Carson, and I'm an art director at Wind and Water. Yeah, I am. Hey, hey, Nikaeli. So how do you feel about being the minority in experience? Like, how was your learning experience being here with us? It has definitely been a different experience for me. Um, growing up in a small city in Indiana where probably 95% of the community is Caucasian, it has given me a different scope on life and, like, it's forced me to really pay attention to who I'm around and the other cultures that I'm experiencing because I didn't grow up with that. And it's just that's just how my life has been. And I've had a lot of experiences with Brittany, and we've really bonded over, and Josh, I've got to bring Josh in. <laughs> but I've had a lot of experiences really with, and Miles, okay, everyone. <laughs> Everybody's just, you know, throwing shade at me right now. <laughs> But really, I've really grown a lot, like, experiencing where they come from and their backgrounds and how it can um, 
be put into my life. So what are some different um, things that you learned that you didn't think actually existed or some things that you learned that you didn't know was, like, cultural, per se? Because I know we've had some moments where we were like, is that a thing? And I'm like, yeah, that's actually a thing. So what are some of those things? Um, I don't know if I can give any, like, exact specific examples, but there have been a lot of times where we're sitting in a conversation um, and they will throw out a reference or Brittany will just use a particular word. And it's it's really funny because I just, I'm sure I have a look on my face so it's just incredibly confused. Um, but it has been a great experience and I'm glad that I'm learning this so that I can, like, keep up with other cultures and other people I'm working with so I'm not limiting myself to just the Caucasian experience. And what I love about that is that Michaela has definitely been completely open-minded during this process. I know that, that like, when we do talk, like, everybody has amongst their friends, like, certain slang that they use or just different concepts, and she's been completely open. Like, what does that mean? And we'll joke, and we, like, have that relationship where, like, we'll explain it, and then randomly she'll, like, throw it in there. She, like she said, throwing shade. Like, she was not talking like this two weeks ago, you know? Like, and it's cool that we've been able to bond over our culture. Like, our cultures are blended. And I, th- I think that's amazing, and it's beautiful to see it happen in the forefront right now. Like, we're just experiencing a melting pot, like, in the flesh. Seriously, it's, 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 it's amazing. So I just wanted to thank Michaela for coming on and kind of giving her perspective of it being the minority in a situation where you're used to being the majority. So thank you, Michaela. Thanks so much, Brittany. Bye. (laughs) Okay, so we kind of wanted to talk about combating being the minority. So we kind of wanted to share some of the tips that we got from Black Enterprise or just some tips that we've gotten throughout our lives by being the minority in, you know, certain situations. So um, one of the things that we kind of talked about was to be able to get connected. So no matter what race, gender, sexual orientation, age you are, you are an individual. So we want to be able to focus on you kind of getting connected with other people. So just because you're – that black person that you see the other black person, that doesn't necessarily mean that you and that person need to have that connection. Like, reach out and get connected with everybody. What are some tips that you guys can think of as far as being a minority in a workplace? Well, I definitely like to um, go out and do different activities with people for my work as soon as I can. I think that's really when you learn the most about people. Um, just like if that's going to a bar, if that's going to um, Six Flags or whatever, just getting that that outside the workplace um, type feels really when you learn who they really are as a person, their personality, and just, you know, more and more about them. So that's what I enjoy the most. And the first chance I usually get when uh, entering a new job is that when they, if someone gives me an invite, I'm, I'm right there. I'll cancel whatever I need to do just so I can, you know, gel and really learn who I'm working with. So that's what I enjoy and how I get connected. This is Josh. Um, some tips I have for being a minority in the workplace is, be comfortable in who you are and be comfortable in your own skin. Like, don't try to perpetuate another type of image or something that you feel is going to take you to the next level because there's only one you. And that's something that my parents and my siblings who I look up to have really instilled in me since I was a child. Like, there's not going to be another person out there with a personality like you. Like, let you shine, and that's what's going to captivate people. You know, like, if you people see through facades, people see through an act when you're trying to put up something you are not, so if you are just com- comfortable in who you are and what you stand for, that's going to that's gonna shine more than you 
putting up something else because just simply being a minority, we already tap into an audience that is already underrepresented. So why try and be something other than that? Like, it's really that simple. Yeah, that um, going off with uh, with your advice, that is something I definitely took when I um, was in the uh, Hispanic agency. Um, be comfortable with who you are, and I took it as advantage of like uh, learning more because you can definitely learn a lot from other people. Um, I had really good mentors uh, when I worked at the agency, and they really taught me a lot, not only about like the culture, but um, definitely more about uh, what uh, life was like uh, through like those accounts. Um, life in, like, other countries and um, definitely developed my language skills even more because, uh, as, like, some people know, like, Spanish is my second language. So uh, that is what I um, kind of took into play is with the whole comfort. One thing I've learned from one of the executives at Barrel Communication, I believe, is to just be open-minded when you're around other cultures, being that your your work is going to be presented in front of other cultures, you have to know how to reach those cultures. Like, being, like if you're a, a huge hip-hop fan and you're listening to hip-hop 24-7, try listening to different uh, genres of music like pop or country, and that keeps the creativity going. It'll give you creative ideas. you know how to possibly present in front of those different genres and different cultures, and it'll help you within the workforce and it'll also help you how to communicate with other cultures that you aren't mainly comfortable with or just don't know how to communicate with him. So that's some of the advice I received from Burrell. So um, this goes to anyone, but specifically, you know, for people who are minorities, I would just say the most critical piece of advice that I've gotten from someone is to perform to the level of the person in the role that you want. So if you are an assistant creative director, perform to the ability or the level of the actual creative director, dress in the role of that person. Like, just come and completely, like, look the part, be the part, be everything. I feel like you can – I feel like your hustle can outwork, you know, any type of minority or something that's trying to combat you. Something – another tip that I have that's something that really resonates with me is actively seeking opportunities and training for education. I know me coming from my West, sometimes I struggle with – dialogue in terms of sometimes like my accent, I just don't feel comfortable in front of people. And it's crazy because all my mentors always tell me like, you have too big of a personality not to present. You have too big of a personality not to be in front of a crowd. Cause I perform, I dance, you know, I have a background in performing arts and <clears throat> it's something that I've been doing to my mentors. Like how, how can I get more comfortable talking, talking in front of large groups of people? Cause I struggle with the dialogue from where I come from and, and, and kind of like my accent. So, <laughs> they recommended that I start reading more to diversify my vocabulary. They recommended that I just volunteer more just to simply get in front of people and present. So when I'm in classroom settings, I'm always like, okay, I'll present. I'll be the one to do it because I'm trying to get better and more comfortable in that. So I, I know when to turn on, you know, the house talk that you use with your friends and family and then be able to switch it to professional. So that's something that I really ad- advise any minority to do if you also struggle with that. One thing that I've kind of learned is just to be able to stay visible and be your biggest advocate, promote yourself. A lot of the times, um, being a minority, you kind of want to crawl to the background or kind of, you know, slide in the background so that you're not as visible. But to me, I think that that's one of the worst things that you can do because you need to be visible and you need to be showing them that you are working and that you are outworking the next person and that you are willing to put in work and that you are willing, 
you know, to do certain things. So definitely be able to stay visible, um, promote yourself, work hard, don't be afraid to hustle. And the reality of it is, is I'm going to keep it real, we have to be twice as much. Everybody's heard the twice as much argument. You have to be double double the fun. You have to be double the, the um, hard work. You have to be double the hustle. You have to be double the everything. So the reality of it is, is that's what it is, so just do it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree um, with, with that. Like, I definitely took a risk when I entered, um, when I applied for the internship um, with uh, LAPIS. Like, I know Spanish was my second language, so um, I still took that risk because I wanted to use my my minor in the field that I work in because I believe that um, as times are changing, we're becoming more diverse. So I really want to play, like, that aspect of my life and, like, apply it into um, the workplace as well. Um, so I definitely took a risk, but I believe it did it did pay off. You know, um, the people in the field they're really willing to work with uh, work with you, and they want the best they want the best interest for you as well. So if you um, kind of put yourself out there, take a risk, be comfortable with who you are, um, it will it will work out in the end, and and that's where it was it was well worth it for me. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Alyssa. And kind of standing off of that, I just kind of wanted to conclude this portion of the segment with a quote, and a quote that I made of myself, um, take risks and live life without regret. And I just feel like that's just so super instrumental because I feel like a lot of the time, um, maybe it's our race that's holding us back or our age or a culture that we come from or a certain demographic, and it just makes us want to play it safe. In this industry and in a lot of industries, you can't play it safe. You have to take risks. And I just always never wanted to get to a place where I looked back on a moment and had a shoulda, coulda, woulda thing. Like, I never want to wish that I had done something or wish that I knew how this outcome would have been. So let's say you take an opportunity or you take that risk and it fails. So what? You know that that didn't work and you now now know how you could potentially um, turn that into make it into a better situation the next time that you do it. And you'll never have to look back on that and say, if I would have done that, then what would have happened? Because you already know the outcome. So um, going into the next part, what what do you guys feel was the toughest part about the program? We can start with Alyssa. Um, the toughest part, well, since I did have an internship in the in the summer, going into this boot camp, I really wanted to apply what I learned um, from uh, LibreNet and LaPiece into this. But since it was such fast pace, like, I guess that was more of the challenge because what we did in three months, we are now doing it in three weeks. So that was the most toughest uh, challenge for me. Um, working with the strategy team, um, back, at, back at Leo, I did um, – I did collaborate with uh, the strategy team as well. So for this, I wanted to uh, do that again, kind of like help them out. Um, but it is difficult since it's not what I specialize in, but I still love doing it just because I like the collab- collaborative aspect of an agency. So I think uh, we're, we were having some trouble like honing down into uh, an insight and like a finalized creative brief because of the short amount of time. I think that was the most hardest thing for me. <laughs> Or it's challenging. <laughs> yes, Alyssa. I, I I think for me personally, and this is Josh speaking, I think um, the toughest part of the program, but it's also the coolest part is that we were all kind of thrown into our positions. You know, like, granted, we were picked for our specific roles. It was cool because we we are the agency. We created the agency. We literally built everything from the bottom up, and we, we were um, assisted by the faculty, but for the most part, we all had to 
if we didn't know something, we had to research. If we if we needed help, we had to reach out because it was literally us. It wasn't like a, there was an agency that we went to and then worked under them through the entire program. Like, we created our own agency, and I think that was kind of tough for me because I'm, I'm new to media planning, but in the same token, just by me not knowing anything, and I was forced to seek out information. I was forced to ask questions, and it was just like when you ask one question, another question pops up, and you're just learning so much. So I've been able to absorb so much information throughout this program. So granted, it was tough. It was also insightful and 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 made me learn. Like It was just a, a dope learning experience. What about you, Miles? The biggest challenge I had um, here at the Marcus Grant Project was basically the commuting here. I would say being that I'm from the south suburbs and country club hills, I take the metro downtown every day in order to get to Lacuna Laws, where our internship is being held at. I had to take the red line south to Cermat and then take the 21 bus to uh, Peoria. So, I mean, doing that back and forth from day in to day out, even night out, was challenging in itself. Um, also, really just the taking in the feedback that every agency um, gave us. A lot of agencies told us different things opposed on one topic, and it's just hard to take advice from so many different people when you don't know exactly. They, of course, they're professionals and they know what they're talking about. It's like every time the agency tells you something, it's against what the other agency told you. So it's like, who do we follow? Like, I feel like that was like our biggest challenge, especially coming from the project manager when I'm trying to like lead everybody to the right direction and make sure that we're getting our assignment complete in the best way that it's supposed to be. Uh, DeMarcus, what do you think? I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to jump right in. I'm so um, going, going off with you. So yeah, definitely as like a project manager, brand management role that was a little bit difficult, but to bring it back to the commuting aspect, Miles, I think you're the only one I can relate to when it comes to a commuting uh, metro or bus or CTA because I also live in the suburbs or just recently moved back to the suburbs um, just to due to, like, financial reasons. And because um, I also have a family out there as well. I have a 15-month-old son, and my <laughs> all the audience... <laughs> And uh, my fiance is out there as well. So um, this is, like, our final stretch for us. Um, we're both, like, graduating um, in May and hope to um, get our careers on in the summer in uh, advertising and he's doing IT. So definitely the commuting part, um, we do sacrifice uh, some sleep and uh, maybe some time with uh, his name is Nicholas, little Nicholas. <laughs> And some time with him, but we know it's going to be worth it in the end after those three weeks. Um, but yeah. Well, man, they just make my life feel <laughs> pretty basic and simple. Uh, I mean, you know, I uh, don't have any kids or anything like that, but uh, uh, hopefully that's, yeah, we won't even go there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, my, my hardest part, I guess you could say, and I feel like Brittany could probably relate to this, is that um, in my my classes and through my pre previous internships, um, I pretty much just done um, public relations. I haven't like incorporated that, especially into like into group work or into an advertising agency. And actually, for a while, I didn't even know public relations had a spot in a lot of ad agencies. It was really not talked about. And I know it's like really it's a really small department. Most ad agencies only like two to four people in each one, so that's why there's not a lot of light shining on it. So incorporating the PR strategy and everything in this whole um, in our whole advertising, or I'm sorry, our creative campaign 
has uh, been a challenge, but it's been a challenge I've been excited about because as a person and especially as a student and um, as a, a young professional, um, learning the most you can have and the most broad experience to me is the most valuable. So it's been the most challenging, but it's been um, it's been something that I've really looked forward to and I'm, I'm enjoying. So. I would have to say, um, just piggybacking off of that, Marcus, my, the toughest part for me is being in a group with the creatives and the strategists and just seeing everything come together and knowing kind of where we come in in the spectrum. And we ended up meeting with um, our mentor last night, and big shout-out to him because he really helped to put a lot of things together. But, yeah, so we <laughs> just kind of put everything together last night. But, it's it's just really difficult to not have a clear direction, and it kind of seems like that's kind of how the industry is sometimes. So it's really, even though it's hard to kind of not know what's going on, and sometimes they're feeling like certain gears are turning a little bit slower than you want them to, it's just really prepping us and kind of letting us know what is really about to come. So in a more positive direction, what is your – you all's favorite part of the program so far? Like, what's your favorite moment that you've had so far? Josh? For me, um, my favorite part of the program has definitely been the network, and I know prior to this, um, I've reached out to, like, other um, similar programs that do internships, and I would reach out to agencies trying to email them or, like, give them a call, and it's like, I wouldn't even get the time of day. Like, and I, now I get it because I'm in this program and I see how busy their schedules are, but before it's like, man, if you don't have these connections or if you don't, if you're not in this industry, how are you supposed to get in touch with these people? But now that we've been blessed and fortunate enough to get faced one-on-one time with these industry professionals, it has really given me the strength and confidence to move forward and, and really want to, you know, hit the ground running after this pro- after this program is over with, you know? That was a that was a main reason. That was one of the main reasons why I wanted, why I transferred to Columbia because I knew that we were going to be in the heart of the city, right up the street from most of these agencies, and just being in this program proves to me that the networks are there, the connections are there, but you have to get involved. You have to take the initiative to to meet these people and get get involved in the program where they will introduce you to these people, and the rest is really up to you building and maintaining relationships. Well, I have two favorites uh, during this whole project. Um, and they both happened pretty recent. Um, earlier, or, yeah, it was earlier this week we went to Golan, and I'm sorry, actually late last week we went to Golan, and just to see that whole um, public relations firm was really cool, especially because recently they've uh, gone through changes. Um, one of those changes was the 4G model and how they split up um, everyone in departments after after they had been in uh, you know different departments for like 20, 25 years. How they just saw that. Um, the times are changing, and they were going to change with it rather than stay in the past. Um, so that was really cool, and it really inspired me to just master my craft. And then hopefully, you know, in the future, if I'm lucky, maybe some sometime down the line, even uh, work work there myself. Um, yeah, I played myself in. But um, and then also after that, um, actually, just late last night, um, like Brittany said, we worked. Uh, we both worked with our mentor, uh, Michael Lasseter who works for Edelman, um, that was just really inspiring because Edelman, like he said, is like the creme de la creme of public relations. And to see him, um, um, you know, prosper at that job was really inspiring. And then to help us and uh, with some of the questions that we had just brought our whole strategy to a whole new level. So those are really my two favorite parts, and I'm really just blessed to uh, have those and to work and have a mentor that I can look forward to uh, working with and um, getting advice from in the future. Yeah, um what what are two two favorite things that I liked is um all the guest speakers that we had um throughout the program, um 
I I really enjoyed, and I think they were really very beneficial and, like, what our group really needed to hear to help us improve um, along the way. Um, Also, my favorite is it was challenging, but I think it was well worth it, and I think we can all uh, all gain from is how tough it's been and very challenging. I mean, we were really thrown into um, our positions and um, here and there, like our, our felicitator would throw out all these like random things or projects and stuff, but it really mirrors like what the real, uh, real advertising life would be for us. So I think that was challenging, but I think it was also beneficial and what we needed it to happen. My favorite part of the Marcus Graham Project here in Chicago um, was being able to go to Leo Burnett every Tuesday and Thursday night so that they can assist us on our project. I believe that was a huge contribution into fleshing out the ideas, understanding the difference between an idea and a tactic and how to execute everything well. They did a phenomenal job in helping us individually from the curators to the strategic team to the PR, to the media planners, to the um, the social media manager, and everybody else. They did so well. And I just want to take the time to thank each and every one of them for helping us. Big shout-out to Leo Burnett. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's been, like, my number one favorite experience here at the Marcus Graham Project. So as far as me, uh, my favorite part has definitely been able to be um, learning how to network. Uh, one of the very first things that I said when I came to the program was I am very outgoing in familiar situations, but when it comes down to unfamiliar situations, I'm not as outgoing as I usually am. And because of that, that kind of inhibits me from networking. So as soon as I said that, the um, program facilitator, Ramon Davis, kind of said, okay, well, you're going to head up the networking mixer, and that's going to be your baby, and you're going to plan it, and you're going to have to reach out to the people and make sure that people actually come to this project. So I thought that was very cool and very instrumental, and it kind of forced me to push myself out there, but it made me uncomfortable in a good way, and it kind of pushed me so that I could grow a little bit. So I just kind of want to thank you guys for tuning in to the drum radio. We sincerely appreciate you all listening, but a quick shameless plug before we let you go. Our Lemonade Stand, which is our final presentation in Networking Mixer, is going to be this Friday, January 23rd at 5.30 p.m., located at Lacuna Loft at 2150 South Canal Port, Chicago, Illinois. So thanks again for listening. Have a good day, guys. Thank you.